Hey, what's going on everybody? Mike Melisinos back here, February 13th, 2020. Uh, it's been a while since my last episode. Uh, I don't know, it fits and starts with this podcast. Um, always kind of at odds of what which direction to take it. Um, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of podcasts out there these days. And, uh, you know, I was had the thought of, you know, what's everyone else doing? What could I do? And, you know, try to think, just thinking of it more about, uh, more as of a uh, business decision than just, you know what, just, just say what you have to say. And, um, I think that's the best way to, to go about it right now. And I think that's the way I'm going to take it. So I'm going to, I'm going to use this platform as more of like a voice journal if you will, and, um, you know, the, the topics and, you know, the things I talk about might not be of interest to everyone, um, as they usually are, but, uh, um, I'm going to keep things short, sweet, tight, you know, quality as possible. I'm not going to adhere to, you know, some schedule, you know, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be fairly regular and consistent, but, um, I'm not gonna have these long, drawn-out podcasts of uh, interviews and you know recycled things that uh, that are everywhere now. Um, you know, I've been on podcasts. I've I've been interviewed myself, and once you hear one, you know, one interview of me, you've pretty much heard them all. Um, you know, since there's not a lot of new new things to to say uh, all the time, but uh, you know, the podcast industry has become a business you know, a lot of money be, to be made, so, you know, people are just putting things out there to make money, and, you know, that's that's where quality goes down, so I'm not planning on making any money from this podcast, I just kind of want to, uh, you know, say the things, uh, get things off my chest on here, you know, in some some episodes, you know, might be short and sweet, five, ten minutes, others might be a little longer, um, but, you know, short and sweet ones, I might, you know, be a little more philosophical. Other ones, I might be talking about the markets. Other ones, I might be, you know, sharing some observations I, I have or um, I've been making recently. Uh, maybe some other times I'll bring a, a guest on. We, we chat about something um, that might be, you know, relevant, topical. Um, but, yeah, just going to try to keep it to myself. I think that's the only way to be, uh, to be original. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, so with that, uh, I just want to get to a little review, kind of like, you know, get back into the swing of things with a nice refresher, nice view of the markets here. Um, you know, I'll cover, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, uh, diversified, uh, diversified fund manager. You know, I trade a lot of different sectors, you know, stocks, futures. In the futures area, trading bonds, currencies, and commodities. Um, you know, also trading single stocks too. So uh, I'll try to hit on sort of the main main things I see that have been going on in each of those sectors, and um, you know, also disclose if I uh, you know I'll mention some specific markets and stocks too, and I'll mention uh, if uh, if I have a current position in them, uh, just as a you know. 
that's the proper thing to do. I don't want to be, uh, you know, make anyone feel like I'm pushing my own book here and not disclosing that stuff. So since they are, uh, I do run a fund and, and um, do work and uh, help another fund as well. So um, of someone else. So I uh, just want to be, just want to be, uh, you know, upfront and transparent with that. Okay. So uh, let's start with stocks since I know that's probably what most people are looking at these days and always and you know what's always uh, being talked about not so much you know commodities and fx and bonds so stocks uh, i'm bullish uh i've been long stocks for a very long time um i don't think that's any surprise to a trend trader especially a long-term trend trader like myself the momentum has been very persistent there's been a few you know a few periods of 20, 25% drawdowns, uh, at least in the indexes, uh, over the last 10 years or so. But, um, you know, some of the names that have been doing a little better um, have been utilities. I think utilities, uh, by and large, have, have been making new highs over the last several days. And, um, you know, they've had such a great run along with the bond market. You know, they're kind of tied together. Correlation is pretty pretty high between those two groups since they're, you know, the, the investors are searching for yield. And as bonds, uh, i.e., you know, the government bonds worldwide have become, you know, have, have their yields have become abysmal uh, as, as uh, central banks have lowered rates and they've, uh, you know, a lot of them started to uh, kickstart that that cycle again in lowering rates last summer, uh, they've been turn people have been turning to utilities, and uh, I hold a bunch of utilities. Um, one of the best ones I hold um, is AWK. It's a water water stock. Oh, sorry, water utility, and um, yeah, that's been doing really well, making new highs. Uh, momentum's been very strong over the last few months, especially. Um, you know, some of my favorite names in general right now um, that I've been, uh, you know, the patterns look pretty good, um, and I picked, a, I picked a few that are, that are different from themselves. I don't want to, you know, hit on all the same type of market or all the same uh, stock in a specific sector or something, but the three that, uh, some of my favorites that I currently have long positions in are uh, Billy, B-I-L-I. Uh, General Electric and AMT, American Tower. Um, now, I don't have a story. I'm not a fundamental investor. I'm not a value investor in that I'm looking for stories. I'm looking for companies that I like. You know, I'm pouring over financials and annual reports and things like that to to buy into a company that I like, that I see that I see prospects for and things like that. Um, being a trend trader, I'm looking specifically at the price movement. Um, you know, very cold-hearted, very non-sexy, um, in, a, in a way that doesn't really allow me to get romantic or even sell a romance about a stock. Uh, I'll never come on here and say, hey, you know, I found this stock, it's a diamond in the rough, really good balance sheet, really good prospects, um, all this great stuff, great management, yada, yada, yada. And also the price, you know, the chart looks good too. Like for me, it's just like, what is the price doing? 
what is the chart? If it's good, if it's going up, and if it's something that you know brings value, brings you know correlation, benefits some diversification to my portfolio, okay, I'll look at it. And if, it's, if I determine that it's that it's good, I'll buy it. Um, if not, I, I don't care. I don't care about the story at all. So these are three. You know, Billy is a fairly new stock. It's been hasn't been around that long at IPO. Uh, you know, in the last uh, in the last year or two, but it's a you know e-gaming. Um, online online streaming uh, stock and uh, it's China based but that's a stock that's been uh, ramping pretty hard um, over the last several months especially General Electric has been you know one of those stocks that you know it's been around forever everyone knows it everyone probably has a a bias or a story in their head about it and it has gotten crushed. Uh, sorry, it got crushed over 17 and 18, uh, losing, you know, I don't know, six, uh, 70, 80% of its value, uh, going from like 28, you know, 30 to down to six, and now it's back around 13. But, uh, you know, just another one of those stocks that uh, hasn't been too correlated with the market in general. Uh, it's starting to show some benefits. Obviously, they've uh, they've gone through some trouble with their CEO, and they maybe got away from their their business plan and their core their core businesses. But uh, you know now you know making new highs, breaking through 52-week highs, and uh, has been consistently breaking through those levels uh, over the last couple of quarters. Uh, broke out in Q4 of last year, and uh, so that's one that's one that I'm looking at that. Uh, uh, you know, showed some promise. We'll see. You know, like all the all of the positions I hold, all the markets that I'm watching. You know, we'll see. I have no no strong conviction one way or another. But if it's making money for me, I'm holding it. And uh, right now, GE is is doing just that. And the other one is uh, AMT, American Tower. Another one. They've you know just been a a powerhouse monster. Uh, it's technically a you know, real estate investment trust, but I believe they hold a lot of um, a lot of real estate for 5G towers, and it uh, you know on the back of a favorable, um, it looks like the Sprint merger is going to go through. Um, it was favorable for AMT as well over the last several days, so um, you know that's one that I've been holding for a number of years. You know, in and out a couple of times. As the uh, you know, momentum slowed, looked like oh maybe it's gonna take a big uh, deeper breather. In that case, it made sense to get out a couple times, but nope, uh, you know firmed right up again and you know started making new highs again. And you know for me, it's just another you know that's the signal to get back in. It starts to make new highs, go back up. All right, I guess I guess it's not going down, I'm going back up again. So here we go, get back in and hold it as long as that pattern. Uh, as long as the trend uh, persists, and it's persisting very strongly in AMT. Uh, you know, something I've been uh, exp- exploring with, uh, I'm not sure if it's a, uh, a legit strategy out there. Um, maybe it is for some, you know, uh, some uh, unique niche hedge funds. Um, but is looking at stocks with high short interest, and when I when I you know run through some screeners, I get a lot of um, 
Yeah, I don't get too many stocks. Let's say with with uh, short interest of oh, you know, over twenty, you know, of the float. Uh, I get about uh, I get about like fifty. Let's find about fifty of them that are you know legit companies that have a lot of volume. Uh, I get about fifty of them when I run it through some simple screeners, but uh, I try to look at uh, some of the stocks with the highest let's say like 50 and above and ones that have been you know uh, stocks that have not been around that long and there i get uh you know i get some names that are you know they I'm, I'm, i hope and my hope is that people do have an opinion a very strong opinion about some of the names that i get on this list and i think one or i'll say it used to be one was tesla tesla Obviously, it's been going haywire over the last couple of months, specifically over the last month. Uh, it's just, you know, rocket ship to the moon. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens from here. Uh, but I believe that that was a, a scenario where you, they had a surprise earning. Uh, they actually made some money that was not expected. And you had a lot of people that believed that they weren't going to make money. And so you had a high short interest. And then you get caught, you know, people get caught the other way. Either they are forced out of the positions themselves or their broker calls them and say, hey, you know, we're calling back your short position. Your your position is filled. It's out. And then, you know, they're forced to sell, uh, you know, forced to cover. Sorry. So there just creates this buying wave that, that created, you know, the pattern, I believe, that we... Uh, you know, it looks like this rocket ship hockey stick pattern in Tesla. Um, now, I'm trying to look for, you know, the, the situation doesn't always work out like that. But I believe that, um, you know, in my research here, I could, you know, could try to find some stocks similar in similar situations to put yourself and put myself in a position where if that does occur, you know, I'm, I'll be on the right side of it. And... Um, you know, some of the names I've found are Peloton, Match.com, and Planet Fitness all have a short interest above 60%, and Peloton is about 75%. So this is great. Now, I wouldn't, me personally, you know, the trend is still my guiding light. Just because something has a high short interest doesn't mean I'm going to go ahead and short it. No way. Because who knows? The people short might be correct. But I want to look at uh, these stocks that have a high short interest and then wait. Wait, and if things are making new highs, you know, if the prices start to make new highs, uh, that is, you know, six-month high, one-year one high, you know, I'll get in them. And um, right now, it looks like Planet Fitness is doing just that. Um, Peloton's not ready yet. Um, match dot com looks like it tried to over the last you know since last summer you know uh, made it kind of a double top around looks like 92 uh, but that's been a great that's been a great stock you know since 2017 late 2017 it's been a pretty good pretty good ride up you know with some with some nasty reversals but uh, been a pretty good ride up in general for match but I just started looking at it recently I just you know just started just came up with this idea fairly recently, so I'm not sure what the short interest was back then. Uh, maybe it was a lot lower. Um, don't know, but uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to look at that. 
but but right now planet fitness looks like the one that's you know making new highs short interest is very high around 62 and a half percent as of yesterday so that's something that's juicy like ooh, maybe there's some people that would be forced to cover that you know that are still short and you know drive the stock even further uh, I have no position in it right now. Just something I'm uh, just looking at and exploring whether or not to buy it. Um, you know, outside of that, stocks continue to be stocks. People, you know, still have their beliefs very strongly about whether they collectively can go up or whether we're on the verge of another great recession, you know, depression, yada, yada, yada. Don't know. Um, I understand there's a lot of fundamental metrics out there, you know, price to sales, Price the book, all those types of things that scare the value investors and get them to lay off stocks, trim, trim their lungs, um, you know, to a varying degree. But uh, I know that's out there. But right now, you know, I gotta go with the trends and you know bubbles and situations like this where we get quantitative easing and lowering of rates and you know this. The being rates being so low, less competition for money, you know, all these things are are new and everything is changing. There's not some specific period of in the past where we can go back and say, oh yeah, this situation is just like that, and this is what happened afterwards. So that's what's going to happen this time. No, it's always different. It's always changing, and just because you find one or two instances of something uh, like today occurring in the past doesn't mean anything. You know, it's still a sample size of one or two. It doesn't mean it's going to occur the same way again. So, again, uh, you know, the trend is the is the guiding light. And right now, there's a lot of uptrends. And, you know, that doesn't mean you, know, you always proceed with caution. You always have, you know, you never, uh, at least I am, you know, never going too heavy into one name or a group of names. Um or any one sector, group of sectors, but, um, you know, always have your stops ready in case reversals do occur and, um, you know, protect, protect the capital if, if that does happen, which I'm, you know, I'm sure it will at some point, um, these reversals, you know, uh, do occur from time to time. We got one at the end of last year, but it doesn't mean, you know, who knows what can happen going forward here. So, uh, just gotta be ready. But right now, trend up, so sticking with it. Okay, now um, for the non, you know, uh, macro, you know, globally diversified people, you could probably shut it off, shut off the episode right now and tune out because we're gonna go into the commodities, FX, and bonds. But uh, so if so, if so, uh, if you're gonna sign off, see ya. Uh, talk next time. But uh, for the other crew that's staying with me. Uh, here we go. Commodities. Uh, this just continues to be the uh, anchor to a lot of diversified portfolios. You know, you do a lot of work. Commodities offer a lot of diversification benefits to a to a portfolio, but when they don't trend very well, they drag you down. And that's been the case with commodities for many many years. And it continues to be that way right now. And now we have a 
you know, the recession possibly looming, we've got the yield curve back inverted again, uh, factory orders are down, and now we got the curveball, the coronavirus curveball, that uh, can slow, you know, growth down, economic growth down, and slow down purchases, and and uh, and things like that, and then we get, you know, even further sell-off in commodities, and, you know, some of the areas that have been doing better recently are precious metals, you know, I'm currently long, gold and silver, platinum, they've been doing better recently, uh, which is fine, that might be a safe haven bid, um, you know, a recession bid, who knows, but uh, along those, those are, those are currently the leaders in the space, um, obviously, uh, I mentioned, and I, uh, you know, post some on LinkedIn, some other, you know, my Instagram accounts and things like that, about Palladium, that's just been a total monster move, been the best move in commodities over the last several years, it's, uh, I'm currently still long it, but it scares me to death, and, um, I know it's one of those weird markets that doesn't get a whole lot of attention, but, um, Looks like it was a perfect storm for palladium prices to go higher in that, uh, you know, demand has outpaced supply for the last seven years or something like that. And uh, there's been regulation changes in Europe and Asia um, regarding their emissions. So they've had to use more palladium in their uh, converters on, on each of the cars. So... You know, all these things are, you know, perfect storm kind of for palladium to to appreciate in price. And uh, we're getting just that right now. And it looks like a crazy bubble. If you just look at the chart, look at the max, you know, 20-year chart or more. And you're just like, oh, my God, this thing's going to, to Saturn. But, uh, you know, doesn't mean <laughs> it can't go further before it eventually falls. So right now I'm sticking with it, moving my stops up, you know, gradually. Um, to protect against a reversal if and when that does occur. Um, a couple of other major areas like like energies, specifically crude and agriculture, mostly they're just stagnant. Like there's just a mess. Uh, you know, I have a very small short in energies, uh, heating oil specifically, very small. But you know, looking at a five-year chart. These things are just pretty much going across the screen. They're just, you know, wiggling up and down, but not really going anywhere. Uh, very similar with uh, agriculture, you know, corn, wheat, soybeans, things like that. You know, they've, they've just been drifting lower and uh, not really presenting a real great opportunity um, as far as a trend follower goes. You know, uh, uh, it's just been, you know, Whenever I hear corn, wheat, soybean, I just like, ah, forget it. They they suck, you know. Sure, I'll keep taking the positions, but uh, keep riding the trend. But uh, you know, not really impacting P and L too much. And you know, I don't know what's going to spur these things higher. Um, there are a couple of bright spots, at least on the long side, uh, recently that have been, uh, you know, five year five year performance still negative, but over the last year. Uh, cocoa and sugar um, been doing better, uh, actually showing a positive return over the last uh, last year. Um, so I'm long both of those markets, but uh, you know, pff, commodities have just beaten me down. I have so many scars from buying commodities over the last five, ten years that uh, I'm not 
going to be surprised if they don't work out either. If they just stop going up and go right back down and I take a, you know, take my loss, take my small loss and and sit on the sidelines waiting for them to do something again, but uh you know, those are two two markets that hopefully evolve into something. Uh Outside of that, commodities aren't very exciting to talk about, so I'm going to leave it leave it at that um, and move on to currencies. Currencies have been a little better recently. Um, you know, I'll just try to talk to them, uh, talk about them in in relation to U.S. dollar. Uh, U.S. dollar generally versus the developed currencies. That is, you know, Australia. Uh, Australian dollar, Canada, Europe, Swiss franc, yen, and pound, they, the dollar has been stronger versus them. Yeah. Uh, not all to the same degree. Uh, dollar strongest mostly versus the euro and, and Australian dollar right now. Uh, both are, you know, at or making five-year lows. And uh, the euro is actually the lowest it's been since the early 2000s, 2002, I believe. And, um, you know, so those are, those are good things. You know, you don't always want, you know, for years it was, it was uh, all, all the currencies were moving in tandem. And that's, that's not great for diversification purposes. So you think you, got, you think you got a handful of different positions on, oh, I got the yen, I got the pound, I got the this and that. But they're all the same. They're all moving the same way to the same degree, and that's not, you know, not really good. But you know, we saw some divergence with the pound due to the Brexit, and you know, now we're seeing some, you know, divergence with the euro. Maybe that, maybe their, you know, economy, economies over there are are doing a little bit poorly, and uh, for whatever reason, you know, they're probably that the euro's probably, uh, you know, Brexit influenced as well. And being weaker against the pound and things like that, so um, the euro continues to just dive lower, and I'm okay with that because I'm short. Uh, you know, full disclosure, long long the dollar versus the euro. So uh, you know, we'll see about that one. But you know, the next stop, obviously major stop, is parity, and uh, it's hovering about 10% above that right now against the dollar. So. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be, you know, the um, the two around two thousand, two thousand one uh, level, about looks like ninety five cents against the dollar. So we'll see. And then beyond that, we're going back to the eighties, you know, mid eighties, where it was about eighty eighty cents um, to the dollar. So. We'll see. Hopefully, crazy things happen, and uh, we get the we get a big trend like that to uh, roll out over the next you know couple of years, few years or longer. That would be wonderful. But um, yeah, right now you know starting to see some you know divergence within currencies, um, which is good. You know because we're seeing some you know good moves on the upside against the dollar in emerging markets. That uh, that being the Mexican peso, uh, Russian ruble. Um, two that stand out to me been pretty good making new highs uh, a couple of the markets tried to but have been you know kind of stagnant since you know over the last few months or so trying to make new highs against the dollar but not you know one being uh, the South African Rand and the Indian Rupee um, you know 
trying their best but uh, seem to be failing and we'll see if those turn into you know bigger reversals where the dollar strengthens in a meaningful way against them but we'll see uh oh another weak one against the dollar has been uh, brazilian real uh also short that one um you know not at you know five-year lows yet probably uh you know two-year lows but not five-year uh five-year that would have to be another big big decline for that to uh for the real to get down there but uh, you know nothing's impossible we'll see we will see um just see what else I have in my notes here. Oh, Bitcoin. I guess you could throw Bitcoin into currencies. Uh, I'm currently long Bitcoin. It, uh, you know, I trade the futures. I don't trade any of the, um, and the, you know, the cra- on the crazy exchanges. Uh, but I'm long the futures. You know, it's making. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's making quite six month highs yet. But uh, still within a long-term uptrend as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I know I know it had that, you know, lunacy decline after the uh, late 2018, you know, uh, ramp. But, um, or sorry, not 18, maybe 17, 17, sorry. Uh, and, uh, you know, declined quite a bit since then. But, uh, you know, now maybe recycling back higher. And, uh, you know, just another one of those markets that can bring some diversification benefits to a portfolio uh, because it you know marches is, marches to its own tune and um, you know we'll see if it can get back to that you know 13 14 15 thousand you know who knows that'd be great if it did um, but um, you know it'd probably have to have some major economic event or events for that to occur right now it seems to be like the bonds Precious metals and Bitcoin dollar are all kind of getting that safe haven bid. Uh, everything else, I mean, even, even stocks too. Like, man, they're just like stocks again. They're just you know they just go up no matter what happens. But anyway, um, yeah, that that uh, that Bitcoin, precious metals, dollar, um, all seem to be uh, in tandem going up. Uh, and their, their patterns look pretty similar too. So there'll just be something to watch going forward. Uh, let's end it with bonds. And I know this is, you know, since the yield curve has started to invert again across the globe, um, I, you know, want to mention it because some people, you know, think like, oh, well, you know, are, they gonna, are we going to have to re, uh, sorry, lower rates again? Are we, you know, are central banks going to go on another, another round of easing? If a recession occurs, you know, how much room do they have left? You know, we don't have much room left to, to cut rates. And like, well, try to think of things in percentage terms. You know, over the summer, no, since the summer, the Fed uh, has reduced rates from 25 to one to now 1.75 on the Fed funds. That's a 30% reduction. You know, it's like, well, we only have, you know, 1.75 left to go to zero. Let's say they, you know, shock and awe and went to zero. You know, that would be obviously a 100% decline. But but you have to think in terms of percentage terms. They have more room to reduce than you think. Because they could reduce another 30% and then another, then another. So you go asymptotically to zero, you know, it's the... 
you know, it's the opposite of like an exponential up curve. You have an exponential decay towards zero. And you can keep reducing 30%, 30%, and 30%, and never get to zero. Um, and that, you know, that matters more to the paper and matters more to the businesses that are lending money and borrowing money than it is in an absolute rate reduction. You know, don't think of it in 50 bips, you know, or 20 bips, whatever. Uh, think of it in terms of, uh, try to think of it in terms of percentages. So that's just something, that's a side note, um, you know, for throwing your hat into, uh, you know, whenever you hear about rate reduction, you know, stories and conversations, think about that. Anyway, moving on to bonds, um, not much to say, the uptrend over 2019, you know, took a breather, probably in the summer. A lot of the bonds, a lot of the government bonds uh, topped out, went down, consolidated a bit, and now they seem to be going back up again. Uh, there's not, we don't, I'm not seeing new highs yet. I think the only one that has gotten close or has actually made new highs has been the Italian 10-year bond. There might be some others out there that uh, I may not, uh, I may be missing, but uh, that's one you know, Italian 10-year. I'm currently long that one. I'm currently long all bonds, you know, a lot of, a lot of government bonds, you know, being, uh, U.S. 10-year, Canada, the U.K., Aussie, Euro, uh, Europe, uh, sorry, German, you know, German, uh, specifically, um, along those, and, you know, again, it's a lot of similar patterns, so I, I don't have a huge position, I don't want to have a huge position in a bunch of different bonds doing the exact same thing, with charts that are doing the exact same thing, breakouts occurring at the same time or around you know the same couple of days, that's that's all well and good. If it does work out, you'd have a big position on, but I'm not comfortable with that because I'm on the hook for the reversal and they'll all reverse on the same time um, on me. So um, yeah, I mean these things are starting to cycle higher, you know, starting to make new highs, you know, several month highs again. And, you know, that warrants me, for me at least, to, you know, dip my toe back in the water, start to take, take some shots on some, some, some small long positions again. But, you know, we'll see. You know, uh, it's, like I said before a couple minutes ago, the bonds are getting the fear bid, the safe haven bid, in case there's a recession bid or this coronavirus, you know, is the catalyst to drive us into a recession, a global recession. Uh, they seem to be getting that bit, uh, along with the precious metals, along with the dollar, and maybe Bitcoin as well. Uh, so, uh, I think I've spoken enough. Where are we at? Oh, yeah, 35 minutes. Holy. Yeah, uh, let's end it here. So, that's just kind of like my, you know, quick and dirty review of what markets are doing. Um, if I have any, if I left anything out, you know, feel free to hit me up on, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, or uh, go to my website, you know, my firm's website, melasinostrading.com, and, uh, you know, try to get in touch with me somewhere. If you have any uh, questions or want me to discuss anything on future shows, you know, feel free to reach out, um, and uh, we'll get it going. Um, I'll, try, I'll be sure to, you know, take a note of it and, uh, and touch on things that you guys want me to, uh, to hit on. 
So, uh, with that, I'll wrap it up. Uh, everybody have a great uh, Valentine's Day. And uh, may you have all the love that you deserve. And, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so, that's all I got for today, guys and gals. We'll talk to you guys very soon on the next podcast. I'm not sure. Just trying to get my notes together on what I do, uh, what I talk about on the next one. But, uh, like, yeah, like I said earlier, I'm probably going to have some long ones. You know, not too long, like around 30 minutes, probably the max. You know, this is, this is very long today. But, um, you know, I try to keep it 5, 10 minutes, you know, short and sweet quality. Uh, get in, get out, and uh, leave, you, leave you with some, you know, deep thoughts by Mike. And uh, maybe some things to think about and, uh, you know, share some things uh, in more of like a journal type of way, more of a open forum, here's what's on my mind type way. Let's get it off my chest and in a, uh, in a quality, uh, short and sweet way as possible. All right. Um, that's all I got for today, guys. Talk to you guys soon.